of our class. Uh, Andy Reese is going to be the primary teacher of the class, but he's on a cruise right now. So la la la, yeah, right. We hate it for him. And uh, so Jeannie and I will be teaching this week and next week. Um, uh, and so then Andy will be back the next. So to kind of give you an idea. And what we're going to... Uh, well, I'm going, to have a, I'm going to have a prayer up on the screen that I'd like for us to say together. Um, and then I want to jump into what we're doing. What I'm going to do is review what we did in the fall of last year. Okay? Now, that took 17 hours to cover that material. So if this is your first time in class, you may feel a little bit overwhelmed with the information because it's not lightweight stuff. But here's the good news. You don't have to know all of that to be able to benefit from what's going to be going on in class this semester, okay? But if you can know it and be aware of it, then it, it's, it'd be helpful to you as well, okay? Uh, now, we're also going to be uh, talking a little bit about uh, the discussion about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this class as well. So, just wanted you to be aware of that and... and, um, and look forward to that coming so let's say this this prayer out loud together our dear abba hallowed be your name in all the earth we come before you as people who believe in you and are seeking to love you with all of our heart soul body and spirit as we review what we have taught us in the fall help us remove all the distractions lay all our cares at the foot of the cross and realize that we can only seek you as a community and not just as an individual. Allow the Spirit to penetrate our spirits and your truths to be planted in our hearts so that whatever may be hindering us to be closer to you be removed and that we can enjoy the abundant life you have given us on this earth and in the life to come. In Jesus' name, amen. When I typed that this morning, that was, those were long sentences. I had to stop and get a breath a couple of times, but uh, good thoughts. Over the last three years, uh, the focus, Mark Hayes started this class, oh, I don't know, Craig, how long ago was it when Tanya, we started that, they, Mark started that class four years ago, yeah, about four, four or five years ago, and, and the focus was the Holy Spirit. And over those times, we talked about reclaiming the reality of the Spirit, experiencing the presence of the Spirit, and testify to the leading of the Spirit. And I'd like for you to think about it in this way. So I'm going to share a little personal story uh, about myself. Um, you, may, you may find this hard to believe, uh, but up until a few years ago, I found it hard that anyone could love me. Now, I could go out and love other people and be nice to other people, and I was in local ministry, so I was out loving on people all the time. And, and even though I could get close to people sometimes, every now and then I would still get this, Satan and I would have this struggle with, oh, they don't really care about you, or they really don't like you, or, you know, why would she love you? And, and even Jeannie, I had a difficult time accepting her love she told me she loved me and she showed me her love but i still in my mind in my heart had a hard time grabbing hold of that 
And so, uh, and with the help of Freedom Prayer uh, that you'll probably hear a little bit more about as we go into uh, this class, it's a way of finding freedom of things that are standing in, the, in your way of being closer to God and closer to other people. Um, I was able to find freedom through Freedom Prayer and, and get to a place where if Jeannie told me she loved me, I could accept that. And, and so basically, I had to reclaim the reality of her love. Now, we've been married 42 years. So, you know, it's not like we're newlyweds. You know, so we've been at this for a while. And, and when you accept that and you live into that, the, it, it's almost like we're experiencing life again. She's not doing anything different, but I'm experiencing it in a different way. You, you, you follow me? And then now I can testify about what this is like for me. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about this abstract idea. We're talking about a part of the Godhead. We're, we're talking about someone who says they love you and that they will always be with you and they live inside of you. And what we have talked about is claiming that, reclaiming that, experiencing it in our walk on a day-to-day -day basis, like our young people talked about in the lesson this morning. Wasn't, that, wasn't those great testimonies of that? You know, uh, I think someone said earlier, I don't know if I'd have been talking about the Holy Spirit at 17. I promise you, I wasn't thinking about the Holy Spirit at 17. But I'm glad they are. And so, and now we want to be able to take some of our experience and be able to testify uh, to the leading of the uh, Holy Spirit itself. Now, I'm going to, we're going to be, I'm going to be moving through some slides. So if you're taking notes or if you don't take notes and you think you're going too fast, then I'll just give me your email address and I'll send you a copy of these. So you don't have to worry about taking a bunch of notes. Now, knowing our makeup. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful and will do it. When we talk about our makeup as, a, as people, typically we talk about spirit and we talk about uh, up until several years ago we kind of separated the body from the spirit but the reality is uh, well also another thing to keep in mind is a lot of people will say when you say the word soul or when you say the word spirit they think they're synonymous and they're not they're as different as republicans and democrats i'm telling you it's, it's that, they're that, that different. And so they're not synonymous, they're not the same, but we have us. And the thing that's important to keep in mind is when God made Adam, he gave him, he gave him a soul, but the soul didn't come alive until he breathed into him the breath of life. And what he breathed into him wasn't just air, but his image. 
who our spirit is made is made in the image of God. So this kind of gives you an idea. So let's start out with the physical person. In 1 Corinthians 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of the flesh. As to infants in Christ, I give you milk to drink, not solid food, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not fleshly, and you are not walking, are you not walking like mere men? Now the word fleshly, as you see here in the Greek, is the word sarkikos, and that means we are driven by our own physical desires, uh, behavior. Uh, we can have hunger, we can be tired, we can be sleepy, we can, um, we can, um, well, I won't, I won't go more into that. We'll just move on here. Then we have the soul person. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely God has given us, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual with spiritual. But a natural man or the unspiritual man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So the word natural, or the Greek word psychikos, is where uh, it's a cognitive uh, psychikos, or in other words, where we get our word psychology. So it's a mental, it's the mind, will, and emotions. Okay? In our culture, what, what part of us do we associate emotions? Our heart. It's not in our hearts. It's in our souls. And I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on that in just a moment. Now hang here with me. Now, the spiritual person, and brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of the flesh. But then the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Um, and then up in ch chapter 3, verse 1, it says, I could not speak to you as spiritual men. And spiritual is the word where we get uh, uh, pneumaticos. And basically, that, that is the word for Holy Spirit. When you see the word Holy Spirit in scriptures, or the Spirit with a capital S, it's, it's this, this same root of this word right here. So are relating to or influenced by the realm of the Spirit, the invisible sphere in which the Holy Spirit influences and leads. So when you, when you look at the three kind of primary motivators in our life, you have the sarkikos, which is primary led and influenced by bank, brain chemistry. You get truth from lust, drives, related self-focused feelings and emotions. Emotions also going to be down here. Um, as well, but uh, so anything that drives you spiritually, uh, no, physically, those physical drives that you have within you from your lust, uh, from your drives, it's related to your flesh. The psychicos is primarily led by your logic and deriving truth and principles from observations, analysis, and intellect. And then the pneumaticos is, uh, that's not right, I'm not saying. Pneumaticos, thank you. Knew that wasn't right. Primary led out of the relationship with the Holy Spirit within their spirits receives life and truth from that relationship backed by Scripture and the wisdom 
of similar others as well. So here, here's what, uh, I'm gonna go back to this. No, I'm not, I'm gonna go back. When you think about walking with Christ or walking with the Spirit, what are some of the thoughts that you have? If I'm going to walk with the Spirit, I'm going to think this way or I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. What goes through your head to help to, that you're going to say, I'm going to be more faithful to God. I'm going to... Uh, it's right there. Couldn't recognize it for the hat. Be conformed to His image. Uh-huh, be conformed to His image. But if we're going to be conformed to His image, uh, how, what, what are the ways in our minds that we think we're going we're, we're gonna to do to get there? Spend time with Him. All right, spend time with Him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Walk with the Spirit because we're made in His image. We're going to... Uh, we're going to spend time. We're going to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very good. What else? For me, uh, the reason this thought is so helpful is because <clears throat> anybody you meet has got a body and a soul. But a, but a believer has allowed the spirit to ignite and affect the body and the soul. So I've always had a hard time separating Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, in the Garden of Eden, when God set it up, the way He set it up is that He connected with Adam and Eve through His spirit, through their spirit, and they had a body and they had a soul. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it flipped this upside down. And man became self-sufficient. They were going to follow their own way, do their own things, and they were going to decide what was right and what was wrong. Why, why was Adam and Eve drawn to the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Be like God. Be like God. They wouldn't have to depend on Him. They could be self-sufficient. And anybody who lives a self-sufficient life, this is how their life is laid out when you think about the idea of the body, soul, and spirit. And what happens is you suppress the spirit. And, and these become stronger as you go. The only way, so the question is, if we're going to walk with the spirit, how do we flip this back the way God originally intended it? All right, let me ask you this. You think, okay, Jesus died on the cross for me. And I know that I've got sin in my life. And I, I need to change my behavior I need to change my behavior is that an accurate statement is that a biblically based statement that's right right 
See, here's the reality. If I could make the change, why would I give my life to Jesus Christ? Are you with me? What's interesting is we give our life to Jesus Christ and He washes away our sins, but then what happens? Then we start trying to work hard to live a good life, which is the very thing that we tried to do and failed miserably at before we became a Christian. Mike, I like to think about it is that God wants more than anything else a relationship with us because once that relationship gets established, all of this little things turn right back up will be will be done because you're in a relationship with him and you're learning about him. Absolutely. We, we we look at God from the standpoint of uh, the lawgiver. And he 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 does give laws, but his fundamental desire is to be in a relationship with us. That's like it's having a, what, are, what are healthy guidelines for a good marriage? What's the healthy guidelines for a healthy person? Now here's what I want to, what I was just talking about was from a body standpoint. I've got to change my behavior. For 30 years of my life, I tried I'm a pretty strong-willed person. Anybody who gets to know me pretty, yeah, gets to know me pretty well. I'm very, I'm very strong-willed. I'm, I'm, I'm opinionated. I, uh, if I go after something, I put, I've got blinders on. My secretary used to tell me, Mike, if you that do that, you're going to leave some dead bodies in the way. I was in ministry. This wasn't in a corporate world. You know, she said, you're going to leave some dead bodies in the way. I was so focused on getting and going and doing. And that's the way I treated my own spiritual life. But you know, even as a preacher, I found it hard to consistently spend time with God in His Word. To consistently pray. And I felt guilty. I'm thinking, here I am. I'm supposed to be helping influence people spiritually and I can't even get my own act together. I've given my life to ministry. Why can't I be faithful in my time with Him? And why, why don't I have this inner longing inside of me to talk to Him? Not just at a particular time, but all day long. I said, what's, what's going on? The reason why is because I was trying to do it through my soul, through my mind, my will, and my emotions. You cannot bring about spiritual transformation through your soul. I'm going to show you why here in just a second. But I want to talk about this first. The other thing is our heart. We talk about some, in our, whether it's country songs, contemporary songs, rock songs, it doesn't matter. When they talk about love and emotions, they talk about the heart. And Scripture, we don't get a real good definition of the heart, but the heart is a braided set of beliefs that forms our character and our, our identity. And out of that character and your identity comes your emotions. Right? If you've been wounded and somebody hits that wounded spot, guess what's going to happen? 
you happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time that you touched them on the spot that they didn't need to be touched on. There's an emotion, a reaction. That's why Jeremiah says, the heart is devious above all else. It is perverse. Who can understand it? The Lord, I the Lord test the mind and search the heart to, to give to all according to their wages, according to the fruit of their doings. And let me tell you why the heart is devious. It's devious because if we have ungodly beliefs, it's going to lead to ungodly behavior. Are you with me? So the key here is not that you're, you're depraved. The key here is we have the wrong beliefs. And the idea of walking with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit comes down to help, for God helping you to see that he wants, you to, he wants to reveal to you what you believe in your life that is not healthy and to replace it with a teaching that is healthy, right? All right, for instance, he taught me that you can't bring about spiritual transformation focusing on the soul. You can only do it through the Spirit. So who am I? I am what I believe, and that determines my identity. What I choose to believe becomes my reality. What I choose to focus on becomes reality. Where, whatever voice I listen to becomes my reality. Even when we know it's wrong. Are you with me? Even when we know it's wrong. Because that's where the focus. That's who we're listening to. That's who we're allowing to influence us. Okay? A lot of times people talk about things from a matter that things are right or wrong. Really, what we're talking about here is it's a matter of life or death. Okay? I'm not going to stay there very long. Mike, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You know, you know the come to me all you that labor and heavy laden, that, that ends with and you shall find rest unto your soul. Is that mm-hmm. the same word? Mm-hmm. So same the word. Soul, the, soul, the soul is struggling. The soul is struggling and it can be transformed but you can't do it within the soul itself. Jesus says, He says, take my yoke upon you. He didn't say take your yoke. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and I will take you to a place of rest. Okay? And so the place where we connect with Him is right up here. That's where our spirit connects with His Spirit. So if we're going to walk with the Spirit, if we're going to have freedom in Christ, self-awareness of our spirit, soul, and body is very, very, uh, very important. Look at it this way. The body exercises the order. So whatever is in my soul and whatever is in my spirit, the body is going to carry it out. The soul expresses free will and exerts its own mastery. So that if you aren't allowing your spirit to be enhanced by the Holy Spirit, then your soul is going to take over. Okay, let me ask you something. Is there somebody in your life that rubs you the wrong way? Okay. And I know you're not talking about yourself, you're talking about one of your friends, but what are some of those thoughts? (laughs) 
come on now. Do you mean what drives you crazy that they do? Now, what, 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 what are some of the thoughts that come through your mind when you think about that person? You don't want to be around them. You don't want to be around them. Hmm? A needy friend. A needy friend, yeah. What else? Frustration because she doesn't do what she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. <coughs> what else? If your soul is telling you how to respond to that person, what will you do? If you, if you don't want to be around them, what are you going to do? You're going to walk away. If you see them in the grocery store, you're going to go to the other aisle. If someone makes you mad and they upset you, how many times have we gone and said something ugly about them to someone else? Are you with me? You tracking with me now? That's the soul. That's the soul taking control. But if the Spirit is within you, what would the Spirit have us to do to one we do not like. Pray for them. How yeah? How how many? How motivated are we to pray for somebody that we hate? Not very. Not very. Okay. Find a way to bless them. Find a way to bless them. That just made me grip my teeth just like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's both. We, we pray for them and for us. But see, when the whole idea of becoming a Christian is dying to self and being, becoming like Jesus. And so Jesus, He did not return evil to His enemies. So we could pray for our relationship with them. I mean, yes. I mean. Yes. Now, if, if somebody embezzles you for $5,000... I don't think you need to put them on your signature card at the bank. That's, that, I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think, but what I am saying is, is that you love them. Here's where we get confused with love in our culture. We think love is mostly about emotions. In scriptures, love is not so much about emotions as it is doing the right thing. If I love you, I'm going to do the right thing towards you. That's loving you. Jeannie? Yeah, and, and then offering it to Him. Saying, Jesus, would you take these things, these sins that I have towards this other person, and take them? And then a question you can ask in return, what can you give me in back so that I can love them? Franklin? And, and forgiving, them well, forgiving them as well that goes with that. It's, That's right. You know, I'm holding, they did this to me. I'm holding a grudge and I've got this. Please forgive them. They should have done this. Right. And here's the thing about forgiveness. If you wait on the other person to give you forgiveness, you're living in the privy. Are you with me? You're condemning yourself 
to a place that's unhealthy. Forgiveness is not about them, it's about you. Letting go of what they've done to you. But they haven't apologized. I'm not going to let that person stand between me and God. I'm not going to wait for them to forgive me or for ask for, for, for I'm not going to sit and wait for them to ask for forgiveness because if I do, I'm stuck. I can't move forward. Okay? I usually just pray that God will bless them with whatever they need to quit being the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, that's right. But here's another thing to keep in mind. Typically, if someone is acting like a donkey, something has happened in their life that's put them there. Are you with me? We aren't born grouchy people. We aren't born wounded people. We're there because either by our choice or by somebody else's choice. And so if, if I'm around people that get under my nerves, I have to tell myself, I don't know what they've been through in life. I think probably everyone in here has heard the saying, but I think it's worth it again, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting another person to die. That's a good... I'd only seen that a little while back. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's great. That's great. You know, Mike, yeah. This is all correct. And I agree with every bit of it. It's noble and what we should do. But that's not the same as going to work and dealing with someone who treats you like garbage every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. You can be as noble as you want. It's still very, very difficult. It's, it's very, very hard. Very and, and, and what I'm trying to communicate here is if we try to do it from a soul perspective, we will never succeed. Are you with me? All right. So if you're going to bring about transformation, you've got to be led by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed. It didn't say I'm transformed. It says I am being transformed by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now... Um, there was something else I wanted to cover before I went there. Um, well, anyway, somebody raise a hand. Okay, all right. Mike, I want to say something. Yeah. It is. And so because of that, then I'm not careful. I buy into the environment's method for training the soul. That's right. include things like tolerance, things, or uh, peace is the all, all above all. Where the Holy Spirit may be calling me in situations to be the prophet to that person. And I, I could be squelching that. And, and I've got to read really, into, I, I love what you're teaching here. Yeah. All right, if you have your Bibles, go. thank you so much. If you have your Bibles, go to Romans 8, because I want to show you this thing about the soul and the body. Romans chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 5.
Okay, now look at this triangle up here as we're talking. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature. The NIV uses sinful nature, but that's the word sarkikos. It's the word for flesh. Are you with me? Those who live according to the sinful nature, the body, have their minds, their souls set on what nature desires. Does that sound familiar today? Whatever makes you feel good. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, with our spirit, have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man, the mind, the soul of the sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Now listen to this next phrase. The sinful mind is hostile to God. Right here. It's hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. That's why I'm telling you that if you try to grow spiritually from here, you're going to live a life of constant frustration. And you're going to be wondering, where in the world is God? Why isn't He helping me? I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And, and the reality is, we're doing all the work instead of trusting Him to do the work. Are you with me? Okay. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It is. When, when Jesus came out of the water after being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, what well, was one of the next phrases? And the Holy Spirit led him into the desert. When he got through the 40 days, it says he came out full of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus went about preaching, He went from one city to the next, not because He decided to go, but because He was listening to the Spirit. See, even Jesus didn't function in His soul. He functioned totally under the, the authority of the Holy Spirit itself. And I, I love what you just said. It, it's like if you can accept the Spirit, accept the love, then you're in a place 
where you don't have to have fear. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think it's the fear that causes the soul and the body to react. Excellent. Excellent. Us, we want to react to that. Because That's right. Fear. And, and one of the, the one word definition of love that I like the best is selflessness. Right. You can focus on other people because you don't need to focus on yourself because you know where you stand. That's right. There's no need to be, oh, I'm offended, I'm hurt, it's, he's so hateful, she's so mean. How could they do that? They're betraying me. You know what? If you're above all that, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your focus is on your relationship with God, you feel sorry for that person. You're not mad at that person. You, you want to help them. You want to say, what? What could what could be going on in their heads? Yeah, because you're you're not reacting. Terrorists get up every morning and they try to do good. They're yeah. in their own mind, mm-hmm. in their own warped way. They're serving a master. And, and I think it's just so. It's like what you said earlier about how do we we don't know what other people have gone through, but mm-hmm. if we are led by the Spirit, we'll be very interested in them. And That's not right. Us. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, now, I know you're going to think I'm trying to snooker you into coming back next week. And you may not, you think, well, I, I'll, this is one wasted week. I'll, I'll go somewhere else next week. Um, is this your soul speaking? This is my soul. <laughs> Dog it, Kerry. I knew that was going to happen when he walked in this room. There was going to be a time in my lesson when he was going to say something like that. I am so offended. Uh, All right. Let me see if I can set this up. I can make a pretty good assumption that everybody in this room has dedicated their life to Jesus Christ. I'm not Jesus, and I can't read your mind. But I I bet we've still got a lot of people in this room that still struggle with guilt. There's still a lot of people in this room that don't feel like you're worthy. And that you keep feeling like that if I keep doing good things, then God's going to love me. And I'm here to tell you, those are all lies of Satan. Are you with me? All right. Let me share something with you. We have two problems. When when we sin against God, two things happen. We have our sins, but then we also have our sinful way. The difference? These are my acts of sin, but since Adam and Eve, there's something in us that we're going to sin. Period. I am of Adam, therefore, since I am of Adam, I'm going to sin. Are you with me? And it's in my nature, it's in my soul to sin. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what, what was one of the first things they did? Covered their nakedness. They covered their nakedness because they were ashamed. Okay? And they were ashamed because... 
they knew that they had violated the law, but they had also come to an awareness and then now they have entered into a life of self-sufficiency and rebellion against God. And that is, that is the way we all function. I don't believe we're born sinners. I don't believe in original sin. But I do believe that we are born with a soul nature that at some point you're going to sin and keep sinning. Are you with me? And the struggle for most Christians is how in the world can I claim victory over that sinful nature? And I'm here to tell you there's an answer. That you don't have to keep living with it. I promise you, you don't. Romans says 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we disobey God, three things happen. Mainly, we focus on this first one, separation from God. Alright, if, if, if I can confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, if I can repent, and I can be baptized, my sins can be washed away, and I can be brought back to God. If that was all it took, then why do so many of us still struggle? There's a barrier that stands between us and God, and Hebrews calls it an evil conscience. And then, when God's not with us, we have been separated from Him, Satan accuses us. Let me tell you what he sounds like when he accuses you. You're not that good. They really don't care about you. Why is that person being nice to you? Why should you be kind to them? They haven't been kind to you. See, Satan never speaks in the third person. He speaks in the first person. So, the solution is the blood of Christ. Somebody look up 1 Peter 1, 19 and Ephesians 2, 13. And we're going to stop there. Okay? Who's got who's got First uh, Peter one and looking at um, verses Good grief. I didn't put the verse on here. I'll have to read it. Ephesians two thirteen. All right. When 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 the blood of Jesus covers us, we move from separation to God to reconciliation with God. 1 Peter 1, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as gold or silver that you were redeemed from an empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So the reason we can get from separation to reconciliation is purely the blood of Christ. Are you with me? Who has Ephesians 2.13? Okay. But now you have Okay. How were you brought near? By the blood of Christ. Nothing that you did. I mean, you've got to acknowledge and you've got to submit, but you didn't put yourself back in with God. The blood of Christ put you there. Nothing you could have done could put you back with Christ. 
Only the blood of Jesus that cleansed me. I lied. I'm going to go a little bit further. From the barrier in front of God to a relationship with God. Listen to Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. How many times has someone asked anybody in this room, if you die today whether you're going to heaven, how many of you could speak with confidence? I'm not looking for a response. My, 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 my experience has been, most people say, I hope so. You can have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is His flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a pure heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. See, we try to become Christians. We think our, our acceptance to God is based on our obedience. No. The reason we're acceptable to God is purely based on the blood of Jesus. You think, well, if, I, if I'm nice to people today and I don't speed, and then no. None of that cleanses you. Okay? It's about after you've been restored. That's right. That's right. And here's the third one. Is when we go from Him accusing us to facing God on my side. Now, I'm out of time, but y'all stay with me for one more minute, okay? When Satan at attacks you like he did Jesus in the garden, how did Jesus respond? With the Word of God. Absolutely. All right. If Satan says, I don't love you, 